It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. <laughs> It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. Man, what a finish! Ottawa tied it with just under three minutes left. Saskatchewan took about a minute and a half to drive down the field and go ahead 29-22. Ottawa comes back down the field, aided by a couple of pass interference calls to get a touchdown with 20 seconds left. It's 29-28 Saskatchewan. Ottawa still has to kick the extra point. Overtime looming in Ottawa. Saskatchewan at one point led 19 Seven. I'm Reed Wilkins. It is Inside Sports on 6:30. Chet, thanks so much to Tom Fath, owner of FC Edmonton, for coming in. They play at two o'clock on Sunday against the Tampa Bay Rowdies. The Edmonton Oilers have traded. Uh, Ottawa makes the extra point. It's 29-29. The Edmonton Oilers have traded Neil Yakupov to St. Louis for uh, minor leaguer Zach Pochereau and a conditional draft pick third rounder this year unless Yakupov scores 15 or more goals then it becomes a second rounder in 2018 and uh, Yakupov says uh, you know he's ready to rock and roll for the Blues. I wasn't just sitting the coach here in Edmonton and doing nothing right so I was practicing here and now played some games too and uh, I think I'm in good shape uh, then yeah I'm going to be there tomorrow and you know we'll still have some uh, few days uh, to kind of get used to everything and meet the players and then you know and go from there and you know it's it's really uh it's it's a good league and i know the schedule is really really tough and it doesn't matter what you're playing it's going to be you know everyone everyone doing the same job so uh it's going to be hard and tough you know but uh i'm ready and and i think i think i'll handle it so but you know it's good to have something new so this is the first time in my life uh moving somewhere by the train and you know so new experience so i'm looking forward for it i think it's going to be a really interesting life yakupov also asked this was a conference call earlier by the way yakupov was asked why he couldn't find his game with the oilers good question i don't know i don't know what to say about that you know i guess it was uh with a lot of players and a lot of players who want to be in top six and i don't know maybe you know, maybe the coaches didn't like me or it's someone else, but, you know, I don't know. It's, you know, it's honestly, it's really hard to answer because I don't know a question. Like, I don't know the answer on the question. All right. That is uh, Yakupov on why he couldn't find his game. You can text 630 
Uh, DB says Yakupov needed to round out his game in the American Hockey League but got fast-tracked to the NHL flaws and all. And this is the end result. Uh, Rob says Yakupov is going to bring the same thing to St. Louis as he brought to Edmonton. Poor Hitchcock. Dave says Yakupov was... The Oilers' Alexander Daig simply put a bust. Phillips says 2017 playoff prediction. The Oilers make it, the Devils and the Blues don't. Okay, that's a bold one from Phillip. Uh, this texture says, I just want to say that this is not a bad deal at all considering Yak's current value. Happy Thanksgiving. Well, happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Lots of text to 630-630. You can also call 780-496-0063. Oilers will play Vancouver tomorrow. That's their last regular season game. They'll play games that count in the standings starting on Wednesday against the Calgary Flames. Of course, we'll have every Oilers game for you all season long here on 630 Chet. Wyatt in Peace River. Is the Oilers game televised tomorrow. I believe it's on Sportsnet 360. Is it not, Kellen? Does that sound right? That sounds correct, And yes. I believe the uh, Vancouver broadcast crew is doing it, so that's Shorthouse and Garrett, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course it's on 630 Ched, though, so you can also uh, listen there. You know, he, he, this, it's, uh, by the way, Saskatchewan might get a field goal here with one second left. Tyler Krapinia is coming on the field. They got a long kick return and then a bit of a gain after that, so he's going to try... Is it 52 or is it 53? Anyway, we'll keep you updated. He's going to try it right away. The Nail Yakupov, and, and, and I'm actually surprised, I'm quite surprised that the reaction is as positive as it is on the text line. There's been some angry people, but there's a lot of sort of, it was, it was time for him to go type people, type type response here. Let's get the field goal result here. The Rough Riders kick is short and wide, and it's uh, returned by Ottawa to the 20. So they're going to overtime. Exciting game there. The, 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 the thing I often asked the people who wanted Yakupov to play more was... I understand that that's what you want, and I understand that you're a fan of the player, and that and being a fan doesn't always come with rationality. But my question was, give me a reason why Yakupov should be playing more other than the fact that you think he's getting screwed, or other than pointing out weaknesses of other players. And I never really got a good answer, quite frankly, for, from anybody who really liked Yakupov. And I'm not faulting you for liking Yakupov. And again, it's not that I, did dis- I didn't dislike him, but I sort of came to understand why he wasn't being used more. Because it, my argument always is, Todd McClellan is not intentionally, over the long term, making decisions that he thinks are harmful to the team. If he would have reached the point where it was, oh my God, I, I I have to give Yakupov more ice time. I think he would have done that at some point over the last year. And he continually kept not doing that. He continually kept playing him like 11 to 15 minutes a game. 
So, I, personally, I think that there was a section of the Oilers fan base that fell in love with Yakupov and refused to recognize his faults. And I know this is going to make people mad, and I've, I, I, think, I think I've been wrongfully accused of picking on the kid. I just think I've been assessing his talent and interpreting what the coach and management think of him. Who's on the line here? Is it just coach? No name, just coach? It's not Todd McClellan, is it? Hi, coach. Hey. So, I got, I got a question for you to read. So, Yakupov's not the only guy, but there's, we've got so many coaches, and out of some players, it's the same result over and over and over again. Are, are these guys just ignorant to what the coach is saying? And, you know, they think they know better. Uh, is he not smart enough to, or are they not smart enough to pick up what the coach is saying? Is Which player in particular are you thinking of? Well, I'm thinking of Yakupov, and, and kind of back in the day, I thought of it as Scholl. You know, I, I asked uh, Strudwick about it and said, you know, okay, are, are the coaches, are they leaving the, uh, are they talking to the player? Are they letting them know what they're not doing? Or are they just waiting for the player to figure it out? Like, did they no. go on one on one with them? And they said, nope. They go on one with one with them. They're not going to play mind games with them. So, at at some point, it's up to the player to figure it out. Well, I, I think the coaches did interact with the players. I think uh, Craig Ramsey worked quite a bit with Justin Schultz from the previous coaching staff. I think Jim Johnson, and uh, you know, worked quite a bit with Schultz. Um, I, I think Schultz got a little rattled here, and quite frankly, he was a player who was given too much responsibility in Edmonton. He wanted, he was on a Stanley Cup winning team in Pittsburgh as a player who played less, and that's probably so, who he is. I, I, so with, what about Yakupov fitting in the same, you know, the same scenario? Would I he, think I, for some reason, I think I, I think Yakupov just w- couldn't or wouldn't grasp it. Yeah, and and that's what I see too. I agree with you. And I and, 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 and I don't know if like the caller said before, you know, Hitchcock's gonna have fun with it because his his comment that he just made, he doesn't know what what he could have done differently. Well, it, it just shows me that he doesn't get it. He doesn't grasp it, and he doesn't look at himself. Yeah, there was a bit of, uh, I, I don't know if you want to call it stubbornness, or maybe he just couldn't process it, or maybe he thought he was making strides, and, and he wasn't. But, I mean, like, like I said, I mean, you got, and look, I, I, I hate to say this, because I have nothing against Neil Yakupov personally, but I mean, if you look at his, his pedigree out of junior, why is Mark Letestu scoring almost as often as Neil Yakupov? Why is Patrick Maroon scoring more often than Neil Yakupov? Yep. Like, it shouldn't be that way, but it was. Yeah. Just because you're a good person doesn't mean you're a good hockey player. Coach, thanks for calling, man. Have a great Thanksgiving, okay? You, you too. Thank you. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Steve says uh, fans have fallen in love with guys like Omark, Rob Shrimp, and Yakupov, etc. Fans need to see dumping these guys have all been great moves except for getting rid of Taylor Hall. That is from Steve. 
Brian says, uh, give me a break, Yakupov, when you say maybe the coach didn't like me. Take some responsibility for yourself. That's why Yakupov couldn't find his game. Namudi says, give me a reason why Lucic should play with McDavid. Well, I think the reason the Oilers have is that Milan Lucic has uh, been in the NHL almost a decade. He's been a fairly consistent offensive producer. He plays a, uh, 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 you know, the quote-unquote heavier game on the puck. He's, uh, he's able to forecheck. He tries to drive the net and take up space in dangerous areas of the ice. And uh, they also, I think, feel that he can act as a little bit of a protector to Connor McDavid because he will fight occasionally. I think that's why uh, they've put Milan Lucic with Connor McDavid. Chris from Phoenix is on the line. Hey, Chris. Hey, what's up, brother? Uh, I want to wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving on Monday, all right? Thank you. Uh, couldn't, uh, couldn't see the said, couldn't see it coming. Um, Yak was on his way out, especially when like uh, players like Versteeg and Kachula are pretty much better than he is. And like I said yesterday, he is not a bottom bottom line player or a third line player. He needs top six minutes, and unfortunately, he's not going to get down the team. Um, so see you later. Bye. Um, have fun in St. Louis, and he'll be on waivers here in about a year or two. Uh, as far as the defense, I don't mind signing Chris Russell. He reminds me of uh, the signing that uh, uh, that Shirelli did in Boston with Seidenberg. It's going to be a short-term deal, hopefully. It'll make the team better. Uh, I put Nurse in the uh, AHL to round out his game. I re-signed Griba because Griba has had, a, I think, an exceptional training camp. He brings something to the team that we need. He's great on the PK, and he could, uh, he could hit. And he's, he's, a, he's a, a smart, no, no flashy player. He's going to get the fuck out of the, net, out of the uh, zone. That's about it. Um, nothing fancy, just uh, you know, good old-fashioned hockey. So. Looking forward to this team. Uh, looking forward to Wednesday, and uh, great show, bud. Chris, uh, good to talk to you. Uh, Penny texting in. Well, Penny, you made me sad. Tom would have been sad tonight. Yes, uh, our, our late caller, uh, Tom, who loved Nail Yakupov. Always believed in him. We're going to take a quick timeout. It's Inside Sports on Chad. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. The Rough Riders win in overtime, 32-30 over Ottawa. Ottawa just got a rouge on their possession, and then uh, Tyler Krapinia kicks the uh, winner on the uh, Saskatchewan possession. The Blue Jays did win earlier, 5-3 over the Rangers. Dodgers beat the Nationals 4-3. Cleveland over Boston 6-0. Giants and Cubs are scoreless in uh, the bottom of the fourth. Wouldn't it be something if the Indians won the World Series and then all that suffering for Cleveland, they'd get the Cavaliers and the Indians in the same year? And it, what if we, what was it was Cleveland and Toronto in the American League Championship Series, like it was Cleveland and Toronto in the NBA East Final? Then Cleveland, Just saying. yeah, then Cleveland's then not winning the World Cleveland. Series, Reed. Then we'd have to hate Cleveland. Where does Cleveland always win? <laughs> Sick of Cleveland winning all the time. Hey, Jeremy, what's going on, man? Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Good, good. Yeah, I thought I'd talk about the trade and say, you know what, uh, good luck to Yakupov because I think he was a decent person. And I think we've got to look at this whole situation as the Oilers in general. It was just the fact that uh, when you drafted him, it was automatic. You're on the team. And I don't think that's ever right. I think you should have to earn a position and you have to learn to play the game. I think he was in a tough situation because he doesn't speak the language. He had to learn a whole bunch. 
I think it would have been better in the AHL, but that option wasn't there with a guy like him. And I think it's the organization that failed in a lot of ways with guys in general, right? And we know the Sam Gagne, the Coglianos. It's it's unfortunate that we didn't actually prepare these guys. I don't know how you feel. Well, 10 years out of the playoffs, and most of them distantly out of the playoffs, I think obviously speaks to things sort of... I mean, here's the thing. Between the Oilers drafting Hall first overall and then trading him, they never really got better. A lot of t- a lot of teams in a six year span go through like a whole cycle, right? Like they're up and then they're back down again, and then they start to go up again. Um, you, you bet, and that's that's all part of our reality and what. No, here's like, my, I'm a season ticket holder, so I've sat through this and right. You sit there and you go, okay, great, great. Next well, year, next year, next year. Well, and you've called me before, so let me ask you this: <laughs> How do you assess Shirelli? Uh, because some people are really mad at him tonight. Do you think he should have said, no, Yak's a number one overall pick, i got to keep getting him time? Or do you think Shirelli basically started at square one last summer and tried not to have too many preconceived notions of players? Uh, do you know what Shirelli does and what I like about him? He plays a chess game, and he looks at it overall. He doesn't look at just one piece. He doesn't say this one move is going to do something. He looks at it as, what do I need on this team completely? And when you look at it, he traded Yakupov, but who did he also sign today? Well, yeah, it's not official, but probably Chris Russell, yes. Yeah, that's what, okay, so yeah, but maybe it's not official, but that sure sounds like that's what's going to happen. So I think that's the way he plays it. Now, everybody wants to bring up the Seguin trade, but they bring up the other trades he did to win Boston a cup. And in the end, like you've talked about, six years. When we're looking at six years, if you can win a cup in six years, are you not going to be happy? I know I would be. Right. <laughs> well, I hope they're in the playoffs soon. I'm not sure if they quite have the roster this year, but they, I, I I will say this, and we haven't been talking about this very much, Jeremy, and I know the, the competition they haven't been playing is always great. I sense a little more organization in the Oilers game than in other years, and I wonder if that's some of McClellan's coaching really sinking in now. Maybe I, I'm, mean, I think his coaching's there, but I also think it's also you've added some players with some experience. Like when you kind of look at the whole group in general, we're not just sending young guys out to say, hey, guys, go do your stuff, because let's face it, it's, it's the NHL. Like you're looking at great, great teams, and the teams are playing out west. Look at how many of them have won. So you're dealing with winners, and you've got to bring winners in to show these guys, and I think we've done that. But, yeah, this year, do I expect playoffs? No. But what I expect is that I don't have to sit here in November and go, Geez, I sure hope 2017-18 better. Well, and I don't want to be doing call-in shows about draft picks on November 30th. I hate that. You know it. No, no, I appreciate your show, and uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, and thanks very much for taking my call. Okay, you too, Jeremy. Terrence, I know you've been holding for a few minutes, but I don't want to cut you short, so please hold until after the 8.30 news, and uh, you're the first guy in. Yakupov goes to the Blues. This is Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. And before the end of the show, we'll bring in our Eskimo analyst, Dave Campbell. You know, usually we'll be talking more about this little move today because uh, a lot of you have been asking me for months now, 
why Kenzel Doe is still the kick returner for the Edmonton Eskimos. He will not be on Monday against Montreal. He's being replaced by Troy Studemeyer, so Dave will talk about that decision. Yakupov goes to the St. Louis Blues for a minor leaguer and a conditional draft pick, and uh, Yakupov uh, says, uh, yes, I played for some bad Oilers teams over the years. There was a lot of changes, a lot of coaches, a lot of GMs, and I don't know. There was a lot of good players here, and, and you know, I think I guess everyone tried their best, right? And I think everyone who I played with, they, he he brought his passion on the game and tried to do his best. But I don't know. I, I don't think I'm not a god, and I don't know what's uh, what's wrong with uh, organization with the team, and I don't know why they're not making the playoffs for that many years. But you know, all um, I did just played, and I tried everything I could, and um, I just tried to work hard, but. I don't think those kind of questions are not for me. You know, I just trying to do my uh, my business and just help my team to win a game. That's that's what I try to do every day. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We have Terrence on the phone line. Hey, Terrence. Hey, how's it going? Hey, I'm doing well. What's going on? Oh, not much. Um, well, I just want to say, like, I think Oilers fans should be happy. We're not retaining any salary on uh, Yakupov's contract, even though I. Like his contract's up after next season, right? Well, yeah, this is this final year. This is it. Yeah, like if we would have dealt him to Chicago, we'd definitely be holding on to some salary there. So I think that's a bright side. And obviously, I think if it turns into a second round pick, like that's more than what we would have got from a lot of other teams. So I think we got to be pretty happy with, uh, with that return. Well, it's not much coming back, but uh, I mean, they're, they're probably going to sign Chris Russell. Uh, the rumors are flying. It has not been announced by the team, and they may not do anything until tomorrow. Uh, hopefully, Peter Shirelli will talk to the media tomorrow night. Uh, I mean, uh, Terrence, I, I think the question I want to ask you and, and Oilers fans in general is, I mean, is, is Shirelli shaping the team into a better team as a whole? I mean, what I think he is trying to do is get players who play a certain way and bring in experienced players. He's not necessarily trying to hit a home run with every move, but I think he's trying to create a more well-rounded roster. I'm not going to sit here and guarantee that it's going to work, but that's how I look at his overall plans. Well, yeah, like I have to agree with you there. Um, the only thing I'd point... I like Versteeg. I want to see Versteeg on the team. Russell, if it's a one-year contract, let's do it. Um, and then we can go from there if he has a good season with us, obviously, uh, and if we want to re-sign him. Um, obviously, like, so for the next year, we're pretty good when it comes to cap, but we do have to be thinking about signing Leon Dreisaitl and McDavid in the future. I think those are going to be two bigger contracts uh, depending on how Dreisaitl does this year, but yeah. Like obviously, McDave is going to be demanding uh, a fairly sizable contract after his ELC. Um, like, really, I'm, I'm like, I know you said the second round pick. Well, if it turns into a second round pick, that's not much of a return. But like, really, I think this trade is less lopsided than the Hall Larson trade. Like, I'm a big fan of Larson. I've always liked Larson, uh, but I will never understand the the Hall evaluation. Um, I know some people like, well, I know Bob talks about, well, it was Hall for Larson and Lucic, but like, I, I, I can't understand it that way. Uh, I, like I see those as two completely different transactions. Um, well, I'll say this, Terrence, I, and I think I said this earlier in the show. 
I think there is less risk to the Yakupov trade than there was to the Hall trade. Like I think that I think the Hall trade was a riskier deal because if the Oilers spend the next two years losing games two one, Shirelli probably won't have a job two years from now or three uh, years I from totally, now. I totally. Agree but I, I just think with Yakupov, he didn't fit. I don't think McClellan really. I think he'd worn McClellan a little bit. He'd been worn, worn out his welcome with McClellan. And Todd's, if you've noticed Todd's interviews, Terrence, if he praises a player, he will talk about that player specifically. If he's asked about a player that I think he might be a little irritated with, he'll often say, oh, I have to go back and watch the tape, or he'll just talk about the team as a whole. And he often did that with Yakupov. Well, yeah, like, well, good coaches deflect those kind of comments so that they don't like lose their players because if they're always I don't know if it, if it's obvious that they're targeting a player especially when it's those post game interviews right like their their coach can lose a team really quickly doing that so so I definitely understand that but but yeah like I I, I agree with you with the with the uh, Hall deal like that that was definitely a riskier move right Especially with Truba, like I, I, I just remember shaking my head when uh, Bob Stocker had Mike Johnson on earlier this week. Uh, when Truba, just after Truba requested a trade, right? And apparently he did that in May or whatever, right? Right. Well, yeah. Tech, well, but yeah, but well, he asked the team for a trade in May, but then made it public. Yes, exactly. This is a while ago, right? Yeah. Well, but when Mike Johnson said like he figures. Truba's a better, better player. Like obviously, especially off on the offensive side of the puck, right? Like you can't get much better than Larson when it comes to playing the defensive side. But obviously, like I agree with Mike Johnson. Like on the offensive side of the puck, Truba's elite compared to Larson. So, so that definitely irritated me because, with like I'm not saying Winnipeg would have done a, a haul for Truba deal, but I think if they did we would have gotten more from Winnipeg than just Truba. Yeah, maybe. That's an interesting what if. Um, I, I know what you're saying. Uh, when it was just Hall for Larson, I, I was surprised. Now he's here, I just want to see how he plays, right? And maybe the team as a whole will be better. That's that's what I'm waiting to see. That's what I want because, like I yeah. said to the previous caller, I don't want to be talking about draft picks on November 30th. Yeah, and, absolutely. And I, and I, like, I understand the trade from Shirelli's perspective. I'm, I'm actually like, I'm not mad that it was Taylor Hall that left. I'm just mad about the evaluation and the return. But at the same time, if Edmonton is fighting for a playoff spot in January or in the playoffs, I like I'm going to understand this trade as a fan, right? Like I'll still I'll still remember <laughs> the the lopsided evaluation. But at the end of the day, if it makes the team better. That's what makes me happy as a fan. Terrence, I want you to watch the shot clock because the Oilers gave up almost 31 shots a game last year. Yeah. If that yeah. gets down to 27-26, they will be better. Yeah. They will be well, better. And the way I see it is, okay, so we lost, like, what, about, like, a 70-point player with Hall, let's say? Yes. Right? Yes. So, and we get about a 30-point player with Larson if, well, if that, he might get. Yeah. He's going to score yeah. three goals, probably, right? Like it's, that. You can't. Yeah, it's like, you usually, know what I mean? He usually has over or around 20 assists, right? So yes. let's say he does a little bit better with McDavid and around 30 points 
and then let's say he he let, like let's say Larson takes away I don't know let's say, let's say fifteen goals as a number right like that that's kind of how I rationalize it like in terms of goals for goals against with giving up ball like then it's looking kind of even right but at, but at the end of the day what matters is win so yeah like as you said if if Larson gets shots down and Edmonton's in a playoff position then I'll be happy right then people aren't going to ask what if they're just going to say oh, okay yeah. I can live with this result right yeah but as you said if like next two years we're we're in the bottom dwelling again I think people are going to be looking at Torelli and asking uh, a lot of big questions Terrence have a great Thanksgiving okay yeah, you too. That is Terrence at 780-496-0063. Griffin Reinhardt sent to Bakersfield today. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. Well, I think he's got to improve his game to be a National Hockey League player in every area. Um, faster, stronger, reads. Um, you know, and he's got to get down into the American League now and, and understand that, that he's got some work to do to, to get back here. And that was the message that was delivered to him. He'll accept it well, and he'll go there and, and uh, work hard and, uh, he'll do the things he needs to do to get here. I also asked defenseman Brandon Davidson how he's feeling. He has been back practicing, but he took that shot to the head from Tanner Pearson on Sunday. Really good, actually. Um, I think my timing's starting to come back together here. I feel that um, we did uh, the necessary uh, precautions, and I'm ready to go. So uh, I'm excited to see what uh, Doc has to say here today, and hopefully I'll be available for tomorrow. Was it actually a concussion or not? Yeah. No, it, was, it wasn't uh, it Wasn't a concussion, but um, just with uh, the severity of the hit, I think that uh, we were very uh, cautious about it and just wanted to make sure we had the right protocols in place to to make sure it wasn't anything more than that. Do you have a reaction to his uh, suspension? or? You know what, I think uh, he's a player that um, doesn't... Uh, isn't known for that he's a pretty clean guy i think that uh what the league did was uh was was what was uh deserving i guess at the at the same time but um you know they gave him his two games and i think uh i think that was uh justice but at the same time uh he's playing he's a hockey player he's making plays and i think that uh he's a guy that doesn't usually do that so it's um it's too bad but uh it happened and, and that's the way it is all right, a little bit from Brandon Davidson. It is 8.43. Dave Campbell will get you set for the Eskimos game on uh, Monday, and he'll let you know why they are changing kick returners when we get back. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in. A lot of hockey talk tonight, but we got another big football game for the Eskimos on Monday in Montreal. Eskimos analyst Dave Campbell. Dave, how are you doing? Fantastic. How are you, Reed, on this uh, frigid Friday? It is. Well, the Eskimos aren't home. By the way, don't forget to uh, check out Esk.com for tickets to their final regular season game on November 5th. The 50-50 will start at $50,000, and the first 20,000 people into the stadium get a free ticket for the 50-50. So cool. uh, just by going to the game and being one of the first people there, uh, you got a chance to win. I mean, they're hoping it gets up over $300,000 like that other one did uh, a couple of years ago. All right. So the Eskimos are in Montreal Thanksgiving Monday. <laughs> I, you know, but I think people are going to be happy, and I hate, I hate to pick on this guy because he's become a bit of a goat for the team, maybe excessively. But <laughs> Kenzel Doe, kick returner, Will not play. Fans are finally getting their wish. 
That's right. Uh, Kenzel Doe has been added to the practice roster. So Troy Studemeyer has uh, been handling all the kicks this week. So it looks like we're going to see Troy Studemeyer in his Eskimos debut finally. I know a lot of fans will say finally. Uh, it took a while. I mean, they signed him in about a month ago, and people thought he would step in right away. But I think there was a bit of a learning curve for him and uh, also uh, you know, learning of the offense as well. And I think once Troy Studemeyer had all of the the responsibilities and all the playbook down, then I think the Eskimos were comfortable to use him. So, um, you know, we know the issues with Kenzel Dole. Now, I'll say this. Like, he's he's not spectacular. He's efficient. He catches the ball. After that, not much happens. I, I, I will say that. Absolutely. And lately, he's been having trouble fielding the ball. And lately, he's been his decision-making just isn't there. He just doesn't look very confident. And I see him, you know, step up, and there might be a seam there. He just kind of hesitates and doesn't really take it. So, um, you know, he's had some good returns and some good games, but it's not consistent enough. What you do lose with Doe going to Studemeyer is that ball control, that ball security. Because Studemeyer has a tendency, as he did with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers for two seasons, to put the ball on the turf. But he is much more explosive and someone that you may be able to put in the offense too. Okay, so why now, though? Why make the change now? I mean, they've actually won a couple of games. Yeah. <laughs> like, why, why is this now the time when Moss and company say, N- now we're going to take the guy out? Well, I think I think they're more comfortable with Studemeyer's comfort level with, with the special teams role and also the role in the offense. I, I think those are, are two big factors. Do, do you think he'll line up more at receiver than Doe was? Because Doe clearly, clearly only went in when there was an injury. That's right. I think there's more potential for Studemeyer to see more reps at, uh, as a receiver. Um, absolutely. I, I think he's more versatile that way. So okay. I'll say that. All right. Uh, what's going on with, uh, with Vidal Hazelton? Well, uh, of course, he was released along with Tory Gurley and Kevin Elliott. The three, uh, well, there were actually four. The, the three, but the three bad boys the three, of Toronto, the apparently. The three bad boys. They're of, bad in the room. They are go bad boys. They're free. Actually, none of them are none of them are unemployed anymore because uh, Tory Gurley signed with the, the Bombers, and it's not official yet with the Ticats, but they signed Kevin Elliott. Not official with the Eskimos, but Vidal Hazelton on his Twitter account said, I can't wait to wear green and gold. And so that pretty much tells me the contract's done, even though the Eskimos haven't made it official. Um, so when will that happen? I suspect that'll happen during the bye week or just after the bye week. And okay. that will give uh, Vidal Hazelton time to learn the playbook and to you know kind of understand what he's supposed to be doing. And when, do, when he gets in the lineup is, uh, you know, that, that's a good question. I don't think the Eskimos at this point are in a position that they need to rush anyone in. Uh, so short-term... They seem to be pretty happy with where they're at. Of course, you got Darius Bowman and Darrell Walker, and they seem to like Brandon Zilstra. You got the two Canadians as well. Uh, but we got to think, you know, next season, he could be the replacement for Darrell Walker, who is going to go to the NFL and at least get a shot with right. with some team down there. So um, it's a bit of an insurance policy for the Eskimos because they have, you know, maybe a smoother transition from Darrell Walker to another receiver in Vidal Hazelton, even though, you know, the, the numbers aren't there like they were last year, over 800 yards, 10 touchdowns. And was he a bad boy in Toronto? Well, I would say the dynamic of those three probably didn't mix very well. Okay. It's up to him. Ed Hervey's not afraid to pick up a, a, a person that's had a bit of a history and a bit of a, you know, have character issues, but he will tell him plainly, it's up to you. 
it's up to you whether you want to make this work or not. And I think the locker room's strong enough that they can handle uh, a guy like that. He is super talented, though. Dave Campbell joining us on Inside Sports, Eskimos analyst for our broadcast here on 630 Chet. All right, the Eskimos have clawed back to 7-7. Seven and A seven. couple games now where they've been able to get a lead, hang on to the lead, and, and make some key plays late in games, mm-hmm. which is a complete change from the first 12 games of the season where almost every loss was the result of a blown lead, sometimes a large blown lead Absolutely. in, in the second half. What's what's changed here? Honestly, it it just looks like this is a team that is confident and comfortable with what they're supposed to be doing. This is a brand new coaching staff. And I think I, along with a lot of other people, overestimated this team. You know, okay, it's going to be a 13-win team or it's going to be a 12-win team. Okay, well, just because there's a bunch of veterans that are retained from a championship season, uh, clearly there's a transition time. Especially on defense. I mean, that defense got decimated in the offseason. We, we, know, we know the story. But, you know, that defense, even though there are times you look at that defense and go, ugh, ugh especially the secondary, um, I, I would have to say it's a much more confident defense and a much more stout defense. That front four, it's been night and day. They're getting much more pressure consistently on the quarterback. That makes an average secondary a lot better. Uh, and then on offense, uh, I think I love the balance. I think that's my favorite part of what's been going on with this turnaround. The balance is so much better with this team. Uh, and give John White a lot of credit. Uh, he had a great game after Shakir Bell had two pretty good games as well in three in three games, if you count his first start of the season against the uh, Riders back in August. But it just looks like a team that's more comfortable and confident. I mean, I watched them in practice this week, and they're loose. You know, and not loose in a negative way, I would say. Mm-hmm. This looks like the Grey Cup run of last year. Oh, careful, Dave. So You don't want to get people's hopes too high. <laughs> I know, I know. There's a, there's a lot of work to do. The Eskimos should be making the playoffs somewhere. Well, absolutely. You keep winning, you keep your options open of where that could be. You know, east, probably, most likely. But if you keep winning, then there's a, there's a chance that they could finish in the west. And if you ask the Eskimos where they want to finish... Despite what people say, the East is easier. No, the Eskimos don't care. They want to finish in the West. Barbie Barn, when? Sunday night. (laughs) Sunday night. That's when it's going to happen. Have fun. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving, Reed. Thanks, Dave. The Barbie Barn in Montreal. If you are ever in Montreal and you want to eat a lot of uh, food smothered in barbecue sauce with uh, fries, that's where you go. I can't remember the street it's on. It's it's downtown. I've been to the Barbie Barn in Montreal. Great, great spot. Okay. Well, that was an interesting show. The news broke just before we came on air. Neil Yakupov traded to the St. Louis Blues for Zach Pucciaro, a uh, minor leaguer in the ECHL, and a conditional draft pick. Third rounder in 2017. Unless Yak scores 15 or more goals this year, then it's a second rounder in 2018. Certainly some interesting discussion. Numerous reports that the Oilers have signed defenseman Chris Russell to a one-year deal worth $3.1 million. Uh, that has not been confirmed by uh, by the Oilers, so I, I will just say wait and see. Maybe we'll have some news for you on 6.30, Chad, tomorrow. The Blue Jays won earlier. 
5-3 over the Rangers. They're up 2-0 in the series. The Dodgers win game one over the Nationals, 4-3. Indians over the Red Sox, 6-0 to go up 2-0 in the series. No score, Giants and Cubs in the bottom of the sixth. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders in overtime, 32-30 over Ottawa. Oil Kings on home ice to Kelowna tonight. No score after two periods. Tomorrow at 5.30, I'll be back on the radio for the face-off show. The Oilers game against the Canucks will start at 7. It's all on 6.30, Chet. Monday morning at 9.30, Dave and Morley in Montreal. 11 o'clock kickoff. Eskimos against the Alouettes. Dave Campbell is the producer of the show. I want to thank Bob Stoffer for joining me tonight. Tom Fath, owner of FC Edmonton, was also in studio. The studio producer didn't get to hear from him tonight. He's too busy. Say something now, Kellen Kennedy. My my God! It is a Friday of a long weekend. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, that was. Oh, we didn't have. Should have had a turkey of the night. Of all the nights we could have had it. Well, it's me as usual. I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great Thanksgiving. Talk to you soon. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.